Blog Talk Radio. Fanesia Sea Island, a thing like that, from Jacksonville, North Carolina to Jacksonville, Florida. So glad that 100 children are joining one more again for We Show, Gullah Geechee Rhythm Radio. This year that the head put the body of the Gullah Geechee Nation. So glad that 100 children are tuning in to Gullah Geechee Rhythm Radio Station. This year the Queen Quet. You know, every week we the gear upliftment to the living legacy and the pay ancestral homage. So we say thank you, thank you to all the family what a join we all around the world and thing like that. Especially where we the celebrate. Black History, 365, 366. So glad that Hunter Chillon did with we. Some might say, Yona, in the bush, in the sticks. We so glad that we did because that way the bush out of the day. That way we ancestors in a prayers and things like that. For who all they step together, for catchy sense and things like that. So that Black Chillon now with the Yeti with the crack we teach. So, can still understand who we And so, no. We have a yet in anything with him, Madame to say, the buck or the say, and all that thing like that. Well, who we do? We know who we do. And we be going to get you 90 people. So this evening, we want to dedicate this program one more again to the founders of the Association for the Study of Negro History, Life, Culture, all of that thing. That now the Association for the Study of African American life and history. We will dedicate this year program to all of them will be founding members and things like that that on crossover into the 
next land. Ashe, Ashe, Ashe. Thank you, thank you to all of everybody, Diana and the Florence family and things like that up the road. Thank you, thank you to Sneed. Thank you, thank you to Williams. Thank you, thank you to all of their children who have been there with me to all the different school that take up the road and things like that. Red of us, thank you, thank you to Ms. Rouse and all of them who did it, the district leaders and things like that. Because we've had a time with the children, yeah? Oh, we had a good time of Jonah to our street and middle school in the Florence district, yeah? All right. From our district one, the first one. And so now we're so glad that we have one more again yesterday for going back to USCB. But it's a time for going to what they call the New River Campus. So we take it to the Dr. Thomas for how we did it. And then tomorrow evening, we want her children for join me. The one of my favorite players for me on Home Island and things like that. Centennial Island, right there to the Centennial Library, 6 p.m. sharp. It's free. So bring out all the family, bring the Lily children and things like that, bring the all the people and things, as we go crack we teeth about it. I been upon God. This evening, we going into how the children back of Yona, down that time when Zora Neale Hudson, when the truck upon the pier, this your thing, but what been going on with she the day for Eatonville and things like that. I want to bring her to the Sea Islands and what been going on with the Omane. Since this year time, we all are joining the big read eyes. We're watching God. All right, so we want Hunter Chillin for join all of we, not just people countywide, but worldwide. Get hold of our new Huston book. Their eyes are watching God. And read this year with we for the big read. And make sure for tweet we at Gullagichi, at G U L L A H G E E C H E E. Make sure. For tweet we so that we know how to join we and thing like that through this vague read. We want Yeti Wahana to say vote the reading and thing like that and read us who you to share them with and we want to see if Hunter learn anything while Hunter to do the reading. We pray to God or anything that Hunter to read that you can learn something. So you can find we at Gullagichi on Twitter. You can find we at Gullagichi on Instagram. And if Hunter Chiller want email we, you can always email we at the Gullagichi Sea Island Coalition who the sponsor this year program. Go on through the website gullagichi.net. Again, it's a G U double L A H G E E C H E E dot N E T. Or Hunter Chillin can just email me straight to G U double L G double E C O at AOL dot com. So we're glad that Hunter Chillin to tune in one more again for carry on this your celebration. Now I know plenty of listeners and things like that. They said, Well, great God, what's it? What him? It is Tuesday in the money. I know. Yesterday we've been a grind for the university and things like that. We've been there coming back. It's a little late. So we said we'll haul off, had a program today. Thank God. Honey, you have them always listen live and things like that. So we thank you, thank you to all the hundred children who subscribe through iTunes and read us all of them children who be the sham through your social media and things like that. Especially them one what they upon Facebook and things. We're so glad for hundred children that you let other rest of people know say what we the got going on. Okay? And read us say we celebrate who we be. Three hundred and sixty five, three hundred sixty six. Yeah? So, please, join me every week. But if you can't catch me live, make sure to subscribe to the iTunes or go on Yona, the blogtalkradio.com. And then from there, you can go on and make up a free account 
and then this year we you will get the notice every time we decline on the air. Or you could go back to we Facebook page with blogtalkradio dot com slash Gullagichi and then you can make sure for yet it is show, even when he ain't there upon the air. And then if Hunter want to crack your teeth with we, but what going on and thing like that, then Hunter had that chance for do that. Just call, just email we again to G-U-L-L-G-E-E-C-O at AOL.com anytime like that. And then we can crack we teeth with you and let we know what going on, including letting Hunter know going on with this year. Gullah Geechee Land and Legacy World Tour when we done day on and I thank all these your children who been a sponsor the things for this year month where we the Gwine and we looking forward to plenty of the children we're coming in your next month for Gullah Geechee Volunteer Month March every year the Gullah Geechee Volunteer Month and we're so glad that all the hundred children going to be coming from across the country and things like that for work with we and then read of us the one who can make them for a do no work and things like that can still come down here and support because the weekend, the second weekend, that Saturday, the 12th of March, we're going to have one celebration again at MGA Soul Food right there upon St. Helena Island. Yeah? So we want you to come out and join. We That thing going to kick off about 4 o'clock in the afternoon and grind on to about 7 8 o'clock that evening and things like that. So please come on out and join me right to the MJ Soul Food on Highway 21 or Sea Island Parkway right up on Centennial Island. You come out, get some Gullagichi books and CDs and things like that. And things for Nam Pun. It's going to have music playing by DJ Kwame Shah and everything, all mobile productions. And it's a good time to support all the different business and things we're coming together because the Gullagichi children going to have plenty of the business and things out there representing that day. So plan now for next month. March the 12th, a day up on Centennial Island. But you can come in all throughout the month of March and work with we with Gullah Geechee Volunteer Month. So we're looking forward to planning on the children helping we out. So I come to you this month, come to me next month, yeah? Right up on the Sea Island, thing. All the way from Jacksonville, North Carolina to Jacksonville, Florida, we got work for Hunter to do. Okay? Look, yeah, come on true. Got work for you to do. And so... Why are we to do all this your work? We do all this your work for Pia Harmon's two ancestors. Well, who have been this your land and who have been to work this your land for free and left in the week? Even yesterday, we've been to crack we teeth what we call air property in the black history class over at USCB. So this evening, the thing we told it not robbery. For going to leave it more into the background of what is your mantra that we to celebrate, yeah? Because this year, the 90 years since we've been celebrating it, and yet it the first episode from last week, then you know it, 1926 when it started off with Negro History Week, and now we don't span them into Black History Month in February over here, and then in October, over yonder in Europe, across the Big Creek, across the Big Water, the Middle Passage Waters. So now for all of my children, what they run the wall and things like that, and I'll stand with my crack my teeth like a dish at all, tall. I will switch over to this language because I know a lot of my listeners worldwide this is the language you understand. But I truly appreciate all of you, the six-figured numbers that we're into now of listens that we've had for this broadcast because so many of you value it and know that it's authentic because you do hear our language, you do hear our events, you actually come and visit, you come and report about us, you write about us in your classes, you make blogs, you also have put news articles out. And we want to thank all of the people worldwide that have decided to include something accurate about the Gullah Geechee culture and our traditions 
so that people can be able to link with the people who are living our traditions and be able to work with us. As the spiritual said, walk together till and don't you get weary. Grit ain't the promise land. And so tonight, I again thought it not robbery to address the fact that not everything that's out there about Gullah Geechee culture, not everything that's presented to you during Black History or African Heritage Month is accurate about our people. In fact, there are a lot of distractions going on, even as close as Sunday that just passed. We have a whole situation with people blowing up social media about the halftime show and people reading into the halftime show more than what was said by the artist about what was being presented. There's one thing to present about the 50 years since the founding of the Black Panther Party, and there's another thing to say that the artist was trying to do things that were anti-police. Now, if there is a representation in one thing, let's not expand it over into the next thing. And so we need to start being people that truly are thinking people. We need to start being people that are truly analytical people. And being a computer scientist and mathematician, being accurate and precise are critical things in terms of science, in terms of hard science, because I know that a lot of people who study social science, you know, there can be things that are extrapolated. There can be things that are left to the interpretation. They're not as simplex as one plus one equals two, and you don't have the right to change that just because you decide that it ought to be four today. And so, with news media, news outlets, with politicians and political figures trying to get their opportunity to be seen, to be heard, to try to keep themselves relevant, especially some of them who have shown that they have interest in running for higher offices than the ones that they currently hold, more often than not, they get in the media just for the opportunity to have something to say so that nobody forgets who they are. And so we need to keep that in mind. Bear that strongly in mind as you hear all of these distractions that happen to be coming up in the midst of the time that black people should be focused. And we should be focused on literacy. We should be focused on reading. We should be focused on economic empowerment. We should be focused on wealth generation. We should be making sure that we keep what they call a laser focus on right now since this is that time of year that most black folks realize that this is the month dedicated to learning what our ancestors, our elders, our community people, people of our race worldwide have contributed to the world over time. You should be doing that every day, all day long. But since this is a very specific time where others of the world should join in that with us, let us not allow the media and others to distract us because people are using platforms to market their concerts and their CD sales, their downloads, and the hits that they're going to get for their video. Let's not get distracted with that, and let's bring our focus back to the man of the hour. That is Dr. Carter G. Woodson. Let's bring this study of black life and history, all right? And some would say African-American, but I say we are Africans in America. And in particular here, we are Gullah Geechee's from Jacksonville, North Carolina to Jacksonville, Florida, the natives here that are of African descent. We be Gullah Geechee anointed people. 
Now, we have suffered at the hands of distractions for many, many generations because people were taught that Gullah and Geechee were back with an ignorant, and the people were back with ignorant rice-eating individuals. Now, because it's not convenient for someone to categorize us in that way, that's not a popular or politically correct way to do it. People do it now subliminally, and they do it through the visual medium of social media as well as television and videos, the, even those shown on the public broadcasting system, which is why they get aired on the public broadcasting system, is that any video that's going to show you the actual stand that Gullah Geechee's have taken for themselves, we generally don't get it aired on PBS unless it's something that happened antebellum or right in Reconstruction because they can write it off as, well, this was a historical fact. But for the most part, you don't even see that you get Gullah Geechee swept into a large category called Negro, colored, black, Afro-American, African-American. And Gullah Geechee is not specifically stated. And you can see that in some of the more recent videos that this one person that's at an Ivy League tends to get seated as the only person now that can do documentaries that get the air about black people on PBS. At one point, PBS used to have a slate of black history programming, and these were not all done by people they hired. Many were things that independent people came together and did and then wanted to get contracted to air. They had more of a variety of shows and showcases where people could get interviewed by people who were a lot more politically astute and who didn't mind a bit of controversy, even if it was for ratings. But now, because people believe there's such a thing as a post-racial America, I think people are starting to realize that that is a misnomer, um, to say the least, that they then felt there wasn't really a need for people to get to celebrate Black History, African Heritage Month, that started out as Negro History Week. I believe we should expand it, and you need to be able to celebrate your culture, learn more about your culture, your tradition, your history of your black family and the black people in your community, whether you are black or not, all year long without these other distractions that try to filter and distort what the story actually is by giving you the paid-for version versus that that the people who are indigenous to it, the people whose families have suffered, tell. And so we know that now because of heritage tourism dollars, we have a great deal of infiltration of people that are being paid to mimic things that make it more palatable and safe. So that the imagery presents happy singing Negroes, that presents people who may be eating rice, uh, people who are reminiscent of a mammy type of character. There would be all kinds of versions of things, people just talking about the rice culture, where it's Gullah Geechee culture, and there was rice that is a part of that cultural tradition because that was one of the agrarian things that we brought to this country that became a cash crop, but if we still talk about it in the sense of cash, if we talk about Carolina gold, black gold, put you in the mind of wealth, that now informs your thinking about continued wealth building. It also would then make you question the disenfranchisement of Gullah Geechee's that took place 
when these things are usurped from them. So it makes it easier, it makes it more palatable to get a retelling of this happy plantation kind of version or these plantations where not everybody was beaten and everything wasn't that bad and so there's some singing in it and make it light as opposed to dealing with the harsh realities that were often showed on many other documentaries, even those that Showtime used to show. They used to also have a slate of black films for Black History Month. I know some of y'all said, well, now they got a Showtime's um, all-black channel. I got you on that. Well, we also have a number of other television channels that are owned by people of African descent as well, and they show comedies and they show, you know, talk shows and other things like this on those channels. And, you know, some is wholesome television. I have no problem with that. But we also need to continue to educate each other and especially our generations of people coming behind us so that they realize that if you do leave them as heirs to property, as heirs to real estate, as heirs to financial wealth, that they need to also understand estate planning and building and hold on to it. African people were once the part of the estates of the plantation owners, the enslavers. So these were the images and the imagery that we have to contend with at times. Yes, it's painful to see someone in bondage and in change. Yes, it's painful to see blood draining down somebody's back as they're beaten, which you can see very clearly if you watch the video, Goodbye, Uncle Tom. I mentioned this before. Look on YouTube and watch Goodbye, Uncle Tom, even if you can only watch 10, 15 minutes of it at a time. That's all you can stand. You need to get up and go walk and breathe or whatever. Do that, but you need to know the truth. Ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. So when we are now 151 years out of the Reconstruction era, and we are commemorating a time of rebuilding that should have taken place that was considered a failed institution, a failed opportunity in United States his story and also in the story of the Gullah Geechee Nation since largely our area was where the Freedmen's Bureaus were located. And many of you who have listened to these broadcasts before have heard me speak about the Freedmen's Bureau and the Freedmen's Bank and the various sites you've seen on Gullah Geechee TV, such as McLeod Plantation, where we fought to hold on to that so that the public will be able to visit it and see a place and a space that our ancestors built and then helped to hold on to even during that era. We need to under and understand something else about this period of time called Reconstruction. And I thought that, as Prince, the artist, would say, sometimes the words of another seem to work out fine. And I thought it was very necessary very necessary so that we could go back in time to the words of Dr. Carter G. Woodson that founded this celebration that we are in. And so I want to go into the pages of an outstanding work of his called The Miseducation of the Negro. 
And we will be going through this book throughout the year because I think an international decade of people of African descent is critical for us to pull some things from the shelves of the Gullah Geechee Al-Kibulan archive here at the Gullah Geechee Sea Island Coalition and share them with you. Many of you who are Facebook fans at Gullah Geechee Sea Island Coalition as well as the Gullah Geechee Nation's Facebook fan pages, you have been seeing and sharing the We Be series that we've started now, We Be Gullah Geechee series. And we have two videos out there, very short. One is two minutes and a half, another is about a minute and a half, starting to educate you in small bites, those Facebook-type bites, those Twitter-type bites, your Periscope things um, that will have people tune in, listen, learn, and share. And so we also appreciate all of you who subscribe to Gullah Geechee TV on YouTube because they also are there for you to be able to share, and we greatly appreciate you doing that and all of our Google Plus folks that continue to watch and to comment and to share. And so in addition to doing those videos, and you'll continuously see them come up throughout the year, we're going to take the time here on these airways to share from some more pages from our Gullah Geechee Al-Kebulan archive, but we're going to consistently share from the miseducation of the Negro because I think we need to go backwards in time to realize some of the dynamics of what we're dealing with now and why some of the more educated people, meaning book-learning people, are the ones who seem the most easily distracted or the most non-participatory, okay? And so let us start. I'm trying to find just the right point (laughs) at which to start. But I'm going to start with facing this undesirable result. The highly educated Negro often grows sour. He becomes too pessimistic to be a constructive force and usually develops into a chronic fault finder or a complainant at the bar of public opinion. Often when he sees that the fault lies at the door of the white oppressor whom he is afraid to attack, he turns upon the pioneering Negro who is at work doing the best he can to extricate himself from an uncomfortable predicament. In this effort to imitate, however, those, quote, educated, end quote, are sincere. They hope to make the Negro conform quickly to the standard of the whites and thus remove the pretext for the barriers between the races. They do not realize, however, that even if the Negroes do successfully imitate the whites, nothing new has thereby been accomplished. You simply have a larger number of persons doing what others have been doing. The usual gifts of the race have not thereby been developed and unwillingly world and an unwilling world therefore continues to wonder what the Negro is good for. These quote educated and quote people, however, decry any such thing as race consciousness, and in some respects they are right. They do not like to hear such expressions as quote Negro literature, Negro poetry, African art, or thinking black, end quote. And roughly speaking, We must concede that such things do not exist. These things did not figure in the courses which they pursued in school, and why should they? Aren't we all Americans? Then whatever is American is as much the heritage of the Negro as of any other group in this country. The, quote, highly educated, end quote, contend, moreover, that when the Negro emphasizes these things, he invites racial discrimination by recognizing such differentness of the races. The thought that the Negro is one thing and the white man another is the stock and trade argument of the Caucasian to justify segregation. Why then should the Negro blame the white man for doing what he himself does? 
these, quote, highly educated, end quote, Negroes, however, fail to see that it is not the Negro who takes this position. The white man forces him to it, and to extricate himself there from the Negro leader must so deal with the situation as to develop in the segregated group the power with which they can elevate themselves. The differentness of races, moreover, is no evidence of superiority or of inferiority. This merely indicates that race has a certain gift which the other does not possess. It is by the development of these gifts that every race must justify its right to exist. Now, those are the closing words of Chapter 1. Go straight into Chapter 2 entitled, How We Miss the Mark. And I quote, how we have arrived at the present state of affairs can be understood only by studying the forces effective in the development of Negro education since it was systematically undertaken immediately after emancipation. To point out merely the defects as they appear today will be of little benefit to the present and future generations. These things must be viewed in their historic setting. The conditions of today have been determined by what has taken place in the past. And in a careful study of this history, we may see more clearly the great theater of events in which the Negro has played a part. We may understand better what his role has been and how well he has functioned in it. The idea of educating the Negroes after the Civil War was largely a prompting of philanthropy. Their white neighbors failed to assume this responsibility. These black people had been liberated as a result of sectional conflict out of which their former owners had emerged as victims. From this class, then, the freedmen could not expect much sympathy or cooperation in the effort to prepare themselves to figure as citizens of a modern republic. Dictionaries of the United States government itself and from those who participated in the conquest of the secessionists early came the plan of teaching these freedmen the simple duties of life as worked out by the Freedmen's Bureau and philanthropic agencies. When systematized, this effort became a program for the organization of churches and schools and the direction of them along lines which had been considered most conducive to the progress of people otherwise circumstanced. Here and there. Some variation was made in this program in view of the fact that the status of the freedmen in no way paralleled that of their friends and teachers, but such thought was not general. When the Negroes in some way would learn to perform the duties which other elements of the population had prepared themselves to discharge, they would be duly qualified, it was believed, to function as citizens of the country. Inasmuch as most Negroes lived in agricultural south, moreover, and only a few of them at first acquired small farms, there was little in their life which any one of thought could not have easily understood. The poverty which afflicted them for a generation after emancipation held them down to the lowest order of society, nominally free but economically enslaved. Shall I say that again? Nominally free but economically enslaved. The participation of the freedmen in government for a few years during the period known as Reconstruction had little bearing on this situation except that they did join with the undereducated poor whites in bringing about certain much-desired social reforms, especially in giving the South its first plan of democratic education and providing for a school system at public expense. 
neither this inadequately supported school system nor the struggling higher institutions of a classical order established about the same time, however, connected the Negroes very closely with life as it was. These institutions were concerned rather with life as they hoped to make it. When the Negro found himself deprived of influence in politics, therefore, and at the same time unprepared to participate in the higher functions in the industrial development which this country began to undergo, it soon became evident to him that he was losing ground in the basic things of life. He was spending his time studying about the things which had been or might be, but he was learning little to help him to do better the task at hand. Since the Negroes believed that the causes of this untoward condition lay without the race, migration was attempted and emigration to Africa was again urged. At this psychological moment came the wave of the industrial education which swept the country by storm. The educational authorities in the cities and the states throughout the Black Belt began to change the course of study to make the training of the Negro conform to this policy. The missionary teachers from the North, in defense of their idea of more liberal training, however, fearlessly attacked the new educational policy, and the Negroes participating in the same dispute arrayed themselves respectively on one side or the other. For a generation thereafter, the quarrel as to whether the Negroes should be given a classical or a practical education was the dominant topic in Negro schools and churches throughout the United States. Labor was the most important thing of life, it was argued. Practical education counted in reaching that end, and the Negro worker must be taught to solve this problem of efficiency before directing attention to other things. Others more narrow-minded than the advocates of industrial education seized upon the idea, feeling that although the Negro must have some semblance of education, it would be a fine stroke to be able to make a distinction between the training given the Negro and that provided for the whites. Inasmuch as the industrial educational idea rapidly gained ground, too, many Negroes for political purposes began to espouse it, and schools and colleges, hoping thereby to obtain money, worked out accordingly makeshift provisions for such instruction, although they could not satisfactorily offer it. A few real industrial schools actually equipped themselves for this work and turned out a number of graduates with such preparation. Unfortunately, however, The affair developed into a sort of battle of words, for in spite of all they said and did, the majority of the Negroes, those who did make some effort to obtain an education, did not actually receive either the industrial or the classical education. Negroes attended industrial schools, took such training as was prescribed, and received their diplomas, but few of them developed adequate efficiency to be able to do what they were supposedly trained to do. The schools in which they were educated could not provide for all the experience with machinery which white apprentices trained in factories had. Such industrial education as these Negroes received then was merely to master a technique already discarded in progressive centers. And even in less complicated operations of industry, these schools had no such facilities as to parallel the numerous processes of factories conducted on the plan of the division of labor except what value such training might have in the development of the mind by making practical applications of mathematics and science, then it was a failure. End quote. Now, most of my listeners well know I'm a computer scientist and mathematician. So, yes, it's personal for me to end there, that making practical applications of mathematics and science then it was a failure. 
This is also personal because I sat in a meeting today and left that meeting horrified by the lack of the ability of people to go forward or realize even what time frame they are in currently. Not realizing what century they're even in and the technological advances and the skills associated with those technological advances that are now necessary to be able to sustain any institutional center, any cultural endeavor in a community. But yet these people would like to take things like Gullah Geechee culture and exploit them for the benefit of grants. They'd like to have events and label it Gullah Geechee because they know it would attract tourists. But then when the people get there, they don't have the skilled labor there to present to them what is Gullah Geechee. Who the Gullah Geechee people? How he crack and thing like this What is it that Gullah Geechee people actually do? Instead, they take just again a group of black folks, set them there, and say, "Well, you know, when people arrive as long as they see some black people, then it's okay because we've already gotten this grant to do this." Very similar situation here because they're dovetailing the history of the institutions that we're talking about here that had these things that they doctored up essentially to say this is what we are teaching our students and our students are going to be able to go out here and be as adequate and efficient as anyone else when they actually were in a world that was isolated, more isolated than anyone has ever written that the Sea Islands actually are, isolated away from reality, that the rest of the world is far more advanced, that in other groups of people and other communities of people, they have invested in technology, in machinery, in training that was then going to keep them advancing forward while your race, your cultural group was being held back. And the problem, herein lies the major problem, when there are people of your race that come in to try to hold back others in the same race. Instead of saying, well, you know what? If there's some people that can be on this team, can run this race faster, we better let them take the lead. Or at least, if we pass the batons, you want that person to be that anchor that can go on and pick up the slack and shoot past everybody if the first runners have been a little slow. You either want this person leading or you want this person that's going to come out the back as your secret weapon and still let you win. But when we are sitting here, all of this time, generations past, the writing of the miseducation of the Negro, 90 years in to a celebration of black life, culture, history, legacy, and we are still having black people meeting that disregard other black people and other people's expertise because they're practicing age discrimination, they're practicing sexism, and they're definitely practicing cultural discrimination because all of these other people are not Gullah Geechee but they've come into the Sea Islands and work at institutions and historic sites, and they know how to go about hustling. So they know the game of going to ask for this money on paper, not that they always get it, 
but they know that the hook to say they're black are going to do African-American programming or even do missionary education programming or do industrial era programming, but say that we're going to do Gullah Geechee programming and then get $10,000, $5,000 to go at this while yet an Anglo group will get $100,000 to do it. And here it is that people will then just see a flyer and say there's some sort of institute or there's some sort of program and never question, well, who is behind that? Who are these people presenting? Have we ever heard of them? I've seen Google Alerts this month for people I've never heard of in my life and were listed as Gullah experts and they're speaking in upcountry areas and in mainland areas and when I've even passed the name through our channels of Gullah Geechee Nation leaders, nobody's heard of them. And this is truly a niche market. It's a unique community. Because if we ever yet about on it ain't the true thing. It's storytelling. So we have a lot of people now that are acting as if they have the skill set, they have the training, they have what it takes to efficiently go out and do what they're saying as Gullah Geechee, but it is no greater than what Dr. Carter G. Woodson mentioned here. They don't actually have the tools to be able to provide that to you when they arrive. But the miseducation of Negroes amongst us causes many of them to think too highly of themselves and to think that, well, if I'm black, I can just do anything that any black group does. That is not true. How about what you could do is support that group and empowering themselves and step out of the way and stop trying to find a way for you to financially benefit off of exploiting the group further. Why not stick to your story and tell it and let others tell this story? Let others come in and be the teachers, the trainers, bring the skill sets and the equipment that's necessary to help educate you and the future generations about our story. Who we be down young? I mentioned on a previous episode that I was stunned and annoyed as well by the fact that when I first went to England for Black History Month, and I truly looked forward to meeting Black Britons, that I met Anglo people teaching about the Black history. And what is even more annoying now is that when I was last in England last year and went to a program, the one black student that presented on the Black History Month program presented about Martin Luther King and Nelson Mandela, and I was waiting to hear about someone who was a black Britain because I've read about them. And so I was like, well, I've not learned anything here. And then I go to schools here in the Gullah Geechee Nation this month and ask the students who the founder of Black History Month and the students told me Martin Luther King. So this proliferation of misinformation and miseducation has expanded since the time that Dr. Carter G. Woodson wrote the book, The Miseducation of the Negro. The Miseducation of the Negro is a book that I feel should be required reading in schools the way that Ralph Ellison's Invisible Man once was. This should be as required reading as studying Beowulf and Shakespeare, the Iliad, 
this should be alongside these books. This should be a book that is open for dialogue and discussion. Oh, that's right. We have integrated schools. So how could we dare bring in a book that isn't even entitled in a politically correct way? It is still titled The Miseducation of the Negro. Hmm. But then we have homeschooling. Hmm. But then we have the church. Hmm. But then we had the praise house. Hmm. Then we had the lodges. Hmm. Then we have all of these community centers. Are we reading this book? Clubs, all of Oprah Winfrey. Are we reading this book? Have we read this book? Have we then put our own lifestyles against the pages of this book? Our own thoughts, those things that you don't even share with the public, how do they align with the title, the introduction, the first chapter, the second chapter, and all the way to the final page? If you are a person of African descent, especially one whose family's roots have been in North America since the 1600s to now, not someone who might be a more recent person coming in of African descent than that. But let's say your family's been here through this period we call the transatlantic slave trade and until it's still there somehow. Read this book, especially if you have gone to an institution of higher learning, and then do a self-examination and tell me, were you educated or miseducated? Notice each time that Dr. Carter G. Woodson wrote, he put in quotations, highly educated or educated. Meaning, it's questionable. I use this word maybe because others use it, not that I agree. So does your education inform you? Does your education empower you? If it does, do you use your empowerment and that information to turn around and empower your own community? Or do you use it to work against them? Do you use it to isolate yourself from them? But then when you think it might make you money, do you come back to get what they have? I've seen a lot of that over the last 15 and just about a half years since I have been the chiefest and head of state for the Gullah Geechee Nation. I've seen an increase in exploitation by people of African descent who wanted nothing to do with being Gullah Geechee, wanted nothing to do with hearing about Gullah Geechee people who treated us like Sarge treated CG in a soldier's story, would have us killed, done away with, annihilated. And now these are the people who sit in meetings and decide, oh, yes, we want to do something that says Gullah Geechee all over it because the money's there. And we don't really care if... It's a caricature of what Gullah Geechee culture actually is. We don't care if it's not actually telling the consumer of the product that we're selling the truth or not. The Gullah Geechees are still in the midst of a human rights movement to work against this type of miseducation, misinformation, misrepresentation of who to be. So I take this time often not just because it is Black History Month, to remind us of the fact that we ought to respect the cultures of the world. 
and not work against them. If you can't do anything to support those that are literally putting their lives on the line to fight for the continuation of the true culture, untainted, unrehearsed, unscripted, unwatered down, then just move out of the way. Just before coming on the air, I saw an article, not well written either, a lot of errors in it, but yet it still was informative that stated that the court in Atlanta that's currently hearing the case that was brought by some folks that are from Sapelo Island, Georgia, here in the Gullah Geechee Nation, that stated that they were discriminated against, that they are seeking to have the case thrown out of court. There's another group. The other group is seeking not to get it thrown out of court completely, but to just get it moved to a venue in Brunswick, Georgia, so that at least other natives of Sapelo would easily be able to travel to court and testify about the discriminatory practices that are being claimed in the case. Well, why is this that this is going on just now in a courtroom in the state of Georgia? Why is it that we've already fought all the way to the international arena back into the U.S. federal arena, and yet this would need to go on now. But yet people on federal commissions trying to convince the world that they've done something to be a saving grace for the Gullah Geechee Nation. No, I go back to the period of time we're talking about with the reading of this work, Reconstruction, another failed government plan, and the failure this time is that you could rewrite our story, that you could stop those who have voice, that you could prevent us from speaking up and speaking out to protect our own land rights, our own human rights, our own family, and to be able to have the tools this time to continue to educate ourselves and the next generation. This is a different time we're in. We're in a different century now. So now it's not on anyone other than ourselves if we don't use the tools before us to fight, to sustain ourselves, to be efficient, and to teach. We grew up here in the terms, each one teach one. But if on a cracker, you ain't need to be a teacher. You can only teach that which you know. If you know not, please don't try to teach. Please don't try to teach. So it's interesting because Y'all notice where I ended earlier. I'm going to skip a paragraph and a sentence, and I want to go into this part because it ties to what I just said. Quote, advanced knowledge of science, mathematics, and languages, moreover, has not been much more useful except for mental discipline because of the dearth of opportunity to apply such knowledge among people who are largely common laborers in towns or peons on the plantations. The extent to which such higher education has been successful in leading the Negro to think, which above all is the chief purpose of education, has merely made him more of a malcontent when he can sense the drift of things and appreciate the impossibility of success envisioning conditions as they really are. It is clear, therefore, that we do not have in the life of the Negro today a large number of persons who have been benefited by either of the systems about which we have quarreled so long. The number of Negro mechanics and artisans have climbed during the last two generations. 
the Negroes did not proportionately represent as many skilled laborers as they did before the Civil War. If the practical education which the Negroes received helped to improve the situation so that it is today no worse than what it is, certainly it did not solve the problem, as was expected of it. On the other hand, in spite of much classical education in the Negroes, we do not find in the race a large supply of thinkers and philosophers. One excuse is that scholarship among Negroes has been vetoed by the necessity for all of them to combat segregation and fight to retain standing ground in the struggle of races. Comparatively few American Negroes have produced credible literature, and still fewer have made any large contribution to philosophy or science. They have not risen to the heights of black men farther removed from the influences of slavery and segregation. For this reason, we do not find among American Negroes a Pushkin, a Gomez, a Goffrey, a Captain or Dumas. Even men like Roland Hayes and Henry Otana have risen to the higher levels by getting out of this country to relieve themselves of our stifling traditions and to recover from their education, and to recover from their education, and to recover from their education. Chapter 3 is entitled How We Drifted Away from the Truth, and we'll touch on that the next time. But in the meantime, I call upon everyone who, like me, is highly educated, is a person who graduated from an institution of higher learning or multiple ones, that we recover from our education and realize that it's not about what they taught you in the classroom and in the books. It is not about what they taught you to memorize and regurgitate that's going to make the ultimate difference for our community. It's about us applying the true mother with anything like that, Eddie. One of it gets for the ear from screaming. For who upon your land, who upon your culture, who upon your little bit of shiny thing for pass alone. Because a wise man or woman leaves an inheritance to their children's children's children. So, one hundred of the and you want yet even who we be, please get with we, the true Gullah Geechee. Please contact us at gullahgeechee.net. If you have comments, you have questions, you want to know how to truly connect to people who live our traditions and culture, to these events that are going on in celebration of our culture all year long, not just during February, that are actually owned, operated, and presented by native Gullah Geechies, not by people doing something to simply exploit the community. Please follow at Gullah Geechee on Twitter, at Gullah Geechee on Instagram. Email us to G-U-L-L. G-E-E-C-O at AOL.com. More often than not, we get the question, well, I want to bring my family reunion group. I want to bring my civic group. I want to bring my students. What tour should I take? Once again, email us to gogeeko at AOL.com or go to gullahgeechee.us, G-U-L-L-A-H, G-E-E-C-H-E-E. There is no I in Geechee, dot U-S, dot us and you will find authentic tours listed there for throughout the Gullah Geechee Nation. This way, when you support the businesses that are in our community, we can economically empower ourselves. We appreciate the support of all people from around the world that want to respect and appreciate our culture and want to help our community continue to thrive at this critical time in us regaining our good sense and healing from this education and this miseducation.
of our community. And so I see we have several guests here tonight. Thank you, thank you to all the guests for joining me. And we're going to open up the phone lines for these last couple minutes that I have on the air. And you can call into 347-324-3903, 347-324-3903. If you're in the chat room, you can also type in questions, 843-610, I'm knocking on your door, 843-610, I'm knocking on your door. Good evening. How are you do? Greetings, Empress. How are you? Peace and blessings. I'm quite well. How are you doing? Where are you calling from? I'm um, in Sumter currently. Oh, okay, up the road. That's my family up there. Sumter, they always roll out the red carpet for the queen. Love Sumter. So, yeah, yes. did you have a comment for us this evening, my brother? Uh, you said you was reading from, um, that's Carter G. Wilson's book? Yes, The Miseducation of the Negro. Okay, yeah, believe it or not, I've never read that book, and I'm definitely going to uh, pick up one, and I'm going to spread the word in reference to it. And also, uh, your program here, yeah, I've been on before, but, you know, life tends to get in the way sometimes, so it has been a while, but I've been uh, sharing um, from what I've heard from you and uh, things of that nature. A friend of mine in Darlington, his name is uh, Richard. He okay. actually uh, he, he actually has called uh, I believe the number from your website. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to try and inspire him to contact you again because uh, we are definitely trying to. Uh, Excellent. We'll tell wait. him to make sure to email us because that's usually the quickest way to reach us because we are often out in the field continuing the work that you hear me talking about here. So if he emails uh-huh. us, that is an excellent way to get in touch, and he can go through net or through the email that I've given out over the broadcast. So make sure to share this broadcast with him as well. Definitely, Empress. I appreciate you and thank you for uh, no problem. I appreciate you calling and keep on listening. Peace and blessings. I'm gonna catch this other caller before we go off. Yes, Empress. Okay. Three one four three eight one. How hundred to do? Three one four three eight one. How hundred to do this evening? Yes. How are you? I was listening to your program. The a friend of mine has a small. Uh, retail store here where they sell herbs and vitamins and also books. Do you say here? Sure. Where is here? Where is here? Here in the St. Louis area. Okay. Uh, do any of your people manufacture or produce anything that we could they could buy and uh, yeah. sell here? And yes. how do we They're go get to in find touch out with us? The, that same email address I've been giving out throughout the show. Make sure to email us directly there, and we will put you directly in touch with them. We have several herbalists here that would have things that could be shipped to your store for sure. And could you give us that email real quick one more time? Surely. It's G-U-L-L-G-E-E-C-O at AOL dot com. Well, I haven't heard that in a long time, AOL. I know. Thank people you very tell much. me it's rather retro, but we holding on to it because people recognize it. Yeah, okay, thank you. All right, thank you. Peace and blessings. Wonderful to have family from St. Louis tuning in. It's been many, many years since I've been out to St. Louis. But my love goes out to y'all. My love goes out to all of our folks out that side that's still fighting for righteousness, still taking it to the streets, still standing up against all the injustices that have been happening against our people. But definitely it's a blessing when people stay in tune, tune in, hear what you say, and act upon it. So with this brother actually asking, 
how to get our products in the stores. Another way to connect to other products is www.gullahgeechee.biz www.gullahgeechee.biz and so definitely thank you thank you to all the family who are tuning in this evening looking forward to all the family who are going to meet me from Centelna Library tomorrow evening 6 p.m. sharp come on out bring the family we going to be focused on the eye upon God as part of the big read here in Beaufort County we are going to do a tribute to Zora Neale Hurston and Gullah Geechee women during Reconstruction so picking up where we're leaving off tonight. And next week, we'll be right back continuing this journey of Black History 365. Hunter Chiller, no, this year, the who we be, and so glad we be Gullah Geechee anointed people. This year, the Queen Quet, head upon the body of the Gullah Geechee nation. So glad that Hunter tune in one more again to Gullah Geechee Rhythm Radio Station. I'm getting ready to come up there to Albany next week, too. I look forward to meeting all the family while going to there with me. Peace and blessings. Keep on studying. We story. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.